So before you listen to today's episode, one quick correction. I actually made a mistake here because normally I'm looking at the chart while I'm doing the reading. This time I was just looking at my notes and I made a mistake. So sorry about that, but the full moon is on the 1st and the 31st, and it's a new moon on the 16th. All the other things are accurate and correct. I just had the full moon and new moon backwards. My mistake. Sorry about that. So starting the month from a place of the full moon, a time of completion, reflection, review, and ending the month with a full moon, a time of completion, reflection, review. So you can just reverse everything I say in the podcast about when is a new moon and a full moon. And with the new moons are the times for new beginnings and initiating new things. But with everything else happening this month, as I say in the podcast, not the best time for completely new things. Great time for uh, things that have been open, open cycles, open loops, especially around relationships, communication, partnerships, these sort of things, right? So that all clears that up. So everything else the same. But when I talk about the full moon, I've got it backwards. Sorry about that. I'll make sure to be more diligent on that next time. Make sure I don't make that mistake. And when I talk about the new moon, just pretend I'm talking about a full moon. So I've got those backwards. Uh, but then everything else holds the same, uh, everything else still valid and all the signs and everything's accurate. And, uh, if there was a bigger mistake, please let me know. I want to make sure I don't do that, but, uh, I, I will be more vigilant on that next time to make sure I don't mix up the full moon and the new moon. Sorry about that. So enjoy today's episode. Thanks for listening. And, uh, here we go. My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast with the monthly horoscope for October 2020. This month starts with the first transit on October 1st, the new moon in Uttara Bajrapada. New moon is a great time for new beginnings, initiating things to some degree, which we don't want to be doing too much of right now with everything else going on, including on the 4th, Mars goes back still retrograde for a while, goes back to Pisces, and it's through this Gandanta point as it transits this first week of October where Mars is unstable. It's considered the point of loosening knots, and it goes from a fire sign to a water sign. This happens anytime a planet goes from a fire to a water sign. There's an instability that happens, a uh, sort of loosening of karmic knots. Things might feel unstable, uncertain, unclear in the first week of October as the decisive, action-driven, ambitious planet of Mars, those qualities within us. Where is it affecting you? Look at your own birth chart, quietmindastrology.com. You can get your free birth chart there and see where Mars is normally in your birth chart and where you have this Mars energy. Also, where your Aries and Pisces are is going to help you understand what areas of your life this is affecting. But Mars is going backwards, makes it indecisive, less driven, less forward acting in general. Then it goes back to Pisces, which is even more of that. Pisces is two fish swimming in opposite directions. So there's this ambivalence, indecision, indecisiveness, lack of certainty, which Mars likes to war your energy within all of us. Like imagine, you know, a warrior that has two different masters to serve, two different drill sergeants to serve. Uh, it's who do you listen to, right? That's what's happening wherever Mars is in your chart, wherever the Aries and Scorpio energy are in your chart, as well as Pisces. So a lot of aspects you can look at, but generally the sort of normal drive and direction you might feel, especially if you're like a 
strong Mars person in general, strong Mars Shadbala score in your chart. You're going to be less decisive, less clear and certain right now. And this whole transit while Mars is going through Pisces for another, uh, the rest of the month, really. And then eventually Mars will go forward towards the end of the year. So hang in there, do your practices, do, get, do anything you can that brings you clarity. And something I like, if you're not sure, if you're just like, I don't know about this or that, just focus on what you are sure about and try to eliminate the phrase, I don't know from your vocabulary. Every time we say, I don't know, it's a mantra, it's an affirmation. And our brain or subconscious is listening and thinking, oh, wow, I don't know. I, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. So we want to, there's no benefit to that, right? There's benefit to feeling sadness, to feeling anger, to feeling emotions. But to think I don't know has very little benefit unless it's followed with, I don't know, and I'm going to seek out guidance and support. And this is an impetus to get guidance and, and clarity. Uh, but just sticking in I don't know is uh, is very difficult and uh, not where Mars wants to be. So find uh, some sort of clarity and guidance and insight and focus on the things you are sure about. As you Maybe you've heard that phrase, like it's a hell yes or not at all. And, and find the things you are a hell yes to and try to focus on those for now. And it's just kind of waiting it out. If there's like some big decision you have to make, Mars, it wants to be impulsive and take action. If you feel that ish, that energy, that initiative to take action, like I have to decide now, take a breath, no rush, right? You, there is time. You can slow down a little bit and uh, find the things you are definite yes to and focus on those over the next month. Now we move forward to October 14th. Mercury goes retrograde. So... We got out of the woods there for the retrogrades for a brief period, a uh, little bit, but now we got Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde for the rest of the month at this point. Mercury, the planet of communication and uh, the IT, information technology and merchandise and, and being a merchant, being in commerce, all these sort of activities, business, anything that's quick moving and quick changing. It's time to go backwards and review and reflect and revise. It's not the time to go forward in your communication and, and make any new bold directions for this three-week period that happens every year, three to four times a year. Mercury retrograde, not too big of a deal. For me, as somebody who likes to plan and analyze and understand and systematize things, I love Mercury retrograde when I use it for those things. Not the best time to buy new uh, like technology, computers, phones. I know Apple is about to launch a new phone. All the companies are putting out their new products for the fall. Uh, but if you can delay purchasing those during the Mercury retrograde period starting on October 14th, uh, that is going to, you know, maybe the things will be fine. Sometimes it's no big deal. It depends on how Mercury plays out in your chart, if it's positive, negative, neutral influence, all the, all the aspects. So there's a million factors, but if you're just feeling like, mm, I don't know if this is the right time, or if there's that impulsive Mars energy, indecisiveness that's happening with Mars right now, or if the Mercury just feels like I need to just quickly make a decision and move fast, as Mercury sometimes does, uh, sometimes it can be impulsive as well. You know, no rush. And take take this time to review. If things have been piling up. If you've got a stack of papers, thousands of emails in your inbox. Uh, piles of projects unfinished, dishes piling up, projects piling up. Mercury going retrograde is the perfect time to close those cycles. 
so that we can be receptive to new cycles moving forward, especially towards the end of the year when everything is going direct uh, soon. Not this month, but it's coming. So this month is a great time to review what's worked, finish the incomplete things that you've already started, get movement on those, and maybe use this last quarter of the year, this last three months, to complete those things. Remember, maybe back in January, you had some big goals, ambitions for the year. You thought it was going to go a certain way before any of the lockdown stuff. What among that can you salvage? What can you move forward on? What is like there? Some there's some clear next action step. You just know, Mercury is the intellect. It's this intelligence. You just know, this is the thing I need to do. Right? Just sometimes very very small and practical. Like I know I need to do laundry. I know I need to take the garbage out. Then you do that. Okay, now you've cleared up that that loop. That's done. Now I know I need to respond to this email. All right, that's done. Now I know I need to rest for 10 minutes. Great. Now I know, oh, I've I wanted to have this habit of walking every day. Mercury uh, is quick moving. So people with strong mercury often benefit a lot from walking a lot. People like Steve Jobs who love to walk and have all his meetings while walking. Uh, getting movement and like slow, steady movement with mercury, right? Not like uh, necessarily intense movement, but just Long walks, great way to move the Mercury energy and uh, channel it while it's going retrograde later this month. So not the best time for starting new things, buying new technology, if you can hold it off for three weeks. If it's absolutely necessary, fine, but there might be delays and setbacks. And I've seen that many, many times, and you probably have seen it too. Uh, and your your intellect might not be as sharp and clear as it usually is in the second half of the month. So doing pranayama practices, Mercury is ruled by air. Doing Nadi Shodhana, alternate nostril breath, is a great way to work with Mercury retrograde. And as always, just having a regular meditation practice is incredibly helpful. Lately, I've been listening to the Dr. Jeffrey Thompson recordings, his meditation uh, audio. Uh, on, I use YouTube Music. You might use Spotify or Apple Music, whatever. But I love Jeffrey Thompson stuff, and I've just recently come back to it. And it's like, you know, with my Mars retrograde, as I've talked about, this is a great time for like, what is I doing when things are going really well? What things have worked really well for me in the past? What habits have I had? And one of them for me is doing the uh, audio meditations. And I really like those. It's like, oh, I haven't done that in a long time. So it's been really fun for me. And uh, that's a great way to channel the Mercury energy as well. Mercury it likes to stimulate the mind and the intellect. So there's lots of sounds and binaural beats and things happening uh, to stimulate the mind and the brain in meditation. So if you have a trouble meditating, that's a great way to do it. Pranayama practice, alternate nostril breathing. Uh, you can look on my YouTube channel. I have a video for exactly this. It's uh, meditations for Mercury retrograde. So I'll have a link to that in the show notes if you want to check that out. But just doing any meditation is always highly recommended. So that's a way to work with uh, Mercury energy this month. And it's going to be retrograde in the sign of Libra. So anything to do with relationships. Also business agreements, business contracts, partnerships, any sort of things with commerce again, even more so. Libra is the scales of justice. It's always seeking balance. What is fair and balanced for me and everyone involved in these particular things that if it's your relationship, uh, business contracts, business dealings, agreements, family agreements, kids, spouse, 
uh, anything to do with partnerships, relationships, and everything is relationships. So it's a significant transit, and it's going to be in Libra all month. So looking back, what uh, what are the open loops in relationships? What can I resolve and come to closure and move on at the end of this three-week period? So with the K2 and Rahu movement that happened uh, just a couple weeks ago, this is a new, we're in a new time period. We're in a new 18-month cycle with K2 and Rahu. It's, things feel different, so there's big changes. And sometimes it's very uncomfortable to have changes. So what are we still holding on to that we don't need to hold on to anymore? When the full moon comes on the 16th, it's a great time to reflect and find your sense of fullness and completion. What have you completed this month? And, you know, if you haven't done any of these, these sort of practices this year or this past quarter, if you haven't done a quarterly review, I love to do those as well. Very analytical I am, uh, but this full moon in Chitra Nakshatra. So reviewing in, in the sign of Virgo of like, what have I learned about my health, my wellness, my daily habits, my daily routines? Self-care. What am I grateful for? Doing some sort of gratitude exercise is great during the full moon on the 16th. And then the sun moves into Libra right after that. So bringing more emphasis to relationships. The sun, our sense of uh, power, our, our life source, right? Without the sun, none of this exists. So the sun, highly revered all throughout the Upanishads and the source texts of yoga and uh, Ayurveda and Vedic astrology. And the sun is our vitality, where we have a strong sense of self. So sun in Libra is actually debilitated. And to make it a little more challenging, Venus goes into Virgo on the 23rd, also debilitated. So challenging couple weeks for relationships. So the sun debilitated in Libra. Sun likes to be the center of the solar system, the center of attention, where the sun is exalted in Aries, where it's, it's very driven and has endless confidence and ambition and drive and vitality. And the opposite of that, it's in Libra and it's debilitated, where instead of just being the king on the throne or the queen on the throne, it's thinking about other people, like what does this person need and that person, and what can I do? And uh, it, it gets very muddy very quickly. So having a clear sense of boundaries, and I like this phrase I learned from a therapist years ago, it's you are you, I am I, you and I are different. You are you, I am I, you and I are different. Right. So if there's something where you're feeling like you're having to sacrifice yourself for other people, this is people have sun and Libra in their birth chart. I see issues of codependency, which we all have to some degree because we are so interconnected and we are interdependent beings. Sometimes that crosses over into codependency where for me to feel good, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And if there's someone in your life like that, it's, a, it's someone really close, like a partner, that's a very important conversation to have. I cannot control your feelings. You cannot control my feelings. So I can choose to be happy and choose to have an interpretation of my life that I feel good about. And uh, there's nothing you can really do about that. Right? You can criticize me, you can push me away, you can love me, you can hate me. Uh, but I get to choose how I respond to all of it, right? That's what an exalted son would say. But the son in Libra would say, 
you know, if you would just do this differently, you know, things would be so much easier, right? If, if this person would just be different, if they would change, then I would be happy. If they would just, you know, they'd stop saying that thing, you know? So it's, it's looking external. It's looking to micromanage, change, balance other people for me to feel good. And that is never a healthy coping strategy for anything, unless your goal is to be codependent and be very unhappy uh, and very disappointed and resentful. Then have have at it. And uh, that's, that's the sun in Libra at its worst. But this can be a great time for uh, finding vitality through connections and relationships and finding harmony in relationships where there's been disharmony. And if you're tending towards that ultra dependence side, ultra independence, sorry, independence. That's where the sun is just like, you know what? I'm, I'm only responsible for my feelings. You can't affect me at all. It's like, no, of course we affect each other. Of course we are human and uh, interdependent. So that's moving from, you know, I, I don't need you at all. I'm just going to do my own thing to, uh, yes, there is interdependence. There is, there are ways that I need you, right? And there are ways that you need me. And I mean this in like the very most healthy sense of the word need. And that's what Sun and Libra is here to evaluate for us now in this next uh, month, right? So where do we need each other? In interdependence, right? And there's this sort of stability and security that happens in a harmonious relationship, whether it be a partnership or a spouse or a business partnership. Uh, there is an interdependence of I function better when you play your part in the relationship and you function better when I play my part in the relationship. And there's agreements that we have in relationships. So if you want to eliminate resentment, create agreements. Resentment is I expected you to do this thing and you didn't do it. Why didn't you do it? Right? Never helpful. The, an agreement is I would like it if you did this thing and what would you like? All right, and then, okay, you would like it if I did this thing. All right, let's negotiate a little bit and then boom, we've got an agreement. Now we can't have the resentment as easily because we agreed to what we're expecting. We don't have just these unspoken expectations, we have agreements. So that's a healthy sun in Libra. It's, uh, it's a little slower than the sun would like. It's not just fast and strong and dominant and the king, it's, uh, it's an interdependent, more uh, cooperative experience in relationships and anywhere that you have partnerships, business partnerships, relationships. <clears throat> but with Venus being retrograde, or sorry, Venus being uh, debilitated in Virgo, that it brings this cold analytical nature to, to Venus. Venus loves to be warm and sensual and intimate and loving and caring and affectionate. In Virgo, it likes to be a little bit more cold and calculated and distant and observant. And like a doctor or somebody prescribing herbs, it's, okay, you got this issue and that issue, okay, and then this herb helps that issue and this routine would help that. So it's very analytical and precise. And Venus, like the, the feeling of love is not so precise and cold and distant. So there's this conflict here. So in your relationships, be, be cautious, right? So it's a tricky month with relationships because you want to bring that harmony and balance of the sun in Libra and try to make the most of this debilitated sun. But you've also got the debilitation of the love and the intimacy and the affection and the warmth. So always finding these things in ourselves and then they are reflected externally. So finding a sense of love and self-care for yourself, get yourself flowers or take a bath or 
uh, do yoga, meditation, do self-care things for you that fill up your cup, then there's nothing you need from another person uh, on that level, right? Of course, there are little ways and subtle ways that we are interdependent, but it's not you're like, oh, I feel so uh, tense and stressed out. And if this person would just be more understanding, you know, it's, it's like that uh, St. Francis prayer, you know, seek first to understand rather than to be understood, to give rather than to receive. So that's what this month is challenging us to do. Can we be more caring and considerate? Can we give the love that we want and seek to ourselves first and find that warmth and affection for ourselves and not become ultra independent and say, well, I'll just get it myself. I'll do it all myself. That is pushing away, right? Can we have that sense of self and wholeness and completion and self-care and have the sense of interdependence and connection and sharing and and uh, being having more to give to the other person, to our relationships and partnerships. So tricky stuff to navigate, but with the uh, Rahu and Taurus, great time for taking care of your uh, home and your security and your stability and yourself as well. Go back to the Rahu K2 episode I did last, uh, most recent episode. It's all about that stuff. And K2 and Scorpio, time for exploring your psyche and, and the depths of yourself. One of my friends doing a past life regression uh, as I record this. So that's uh, it's a big deal and a, a great time for going into K2 and Scorpio kind of stuff. The depths of the psyche and uh, psychotherapy, these sort of things, meditation. So that's still going on right now. And then we have the new moon. So two new moons this month, because this one's on the 31st in Barani. So... A time where you can start to move forward more. This is good for relationships. Barani is great for sensuality and relationships. And a time of maybe starting to move forward and initiating a bit more. And uh, we're almost out of the Mercury retrograde at that point, getting there. So if you feel that drive by the beginning of next month to start moving forward on things or the end of this month, you might feel that drive. Okay, I'm ready to start moving forward on projects, new things. But really use this month to clear up old stuff. Clutter, physical clutter, emotional clutter, mental clutter, clutter on your desktop, clutter in your email, all this stuff that's piled up, that's incomplete. Open loops, you wanna close those loops. This is a great month to do pranayama practices, alternate nostril breathing, doing yoga that's grounding and warming. Practices that are grounding and warming, especially if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you're getting into the fall season, that means the vata dosha is dominant. Vata is air and ether element, and it's very easy for vata to get overwhelmed, to have dry skin, to have in digest digestive issues, and uh, indigestion can be one of those. Uh, dry scalp, dandruff. So maybe a little more oil in your diet, more fat in your diet, just you know, in in proportion to how cold and dry your climate is. And definitely cooked foods, more cooked foods. Uh, if you eat a raw diet, I hope you're a pizza type and you can do okay with raw diets. For everyone else eating warm cooked foods, grounding foods, root vegetables, sweet potatoes, uh, slow cooked things. If you eat too much dry, processed, high sugar, like low nutrient dense foods right now as we go in towards the fall and winter, more likely to get sick. 
the transitions of the seasons are very important ayurvedically all diseases begin in the transition of the seasons so we want to make sure especially this first couple weeks of october getting our sleep in routines down uh i was having trouble sleeping the last couple uh last week because of my kitty uh so i got some nighttime sleeping tea tulsi sleep tea i really love that uh put some lavender oil on my wrist before sleep and make sure all the lights are out and the screens are off when the sun goes down right this all helps incredibly getting enough sleep and drinking enough water exercise sunlight so important so many people are vitamin d deficient right now especially as we go into the fall and winter when the day is shorter or in that time of year where the day is getting shorter and shorter so make sure you get your sunlight on your skin direct contact this is all going to help ameliorate the vata influence of the fall winter season and with saturn and capricorn uh, that can be made worse so it's being extra uh, intentional with your routines to make sure that's built into your routines that you get some sunlight uh, I like to use a pedometer on my Apple Watch, tracks my steps, try to get 10,000 steps almost every day, and uh, watch that. So staying active, that's the Mercury for this month. Staying walking, uh, getting in the sun, that helps all the Vata dosha this season. And uh, Jupiter and Sagittarius, last thing I'll mention for this month, still there. Great time for connecting with your teachers, listening to teachers, philosophy, ideals, values that you hold dear. Uh, right now, it's kind of fun. One of the best-selling books on Amazon is The Daily Stoic. I love that book. It's, it's very much like yoga philosophy, very much about personal accountability, and we focus on what we can control, let go of what we can't control. Uh, so if you're looking for a daily reader, something to inspire you every morning, it just takes about two minutes to read a page at most, and The Daily Stoic, right? I have no affiliation with that. I just think it's a great book, and it really much aligns with yogic wisdom that I share here. And uh, I'm happy to see it's one of the best sellers right now. So a lot of people are looking for that with the Jupiter and Sag kind of energy and the K2 and Scorpio. It's a great time for that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback, questions, comments at jeremy.quietmind on Instagram or email me jeremy at quietmind.yoga. No readings yet. Uh, November, I will open up for readings again. So if you're interested, keep uh, watching. You can also schedule them right now at quietmindastrology.com. You can schedule for November already. And uh, you can check out the Vedic Astrology 101 course there at that website as well, quietmindastrology.com. I have links in the show notes for that as well. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your month. And look forward to sharing more with you in the weekly horoscopes to go more in depth on what you can do week to week.